So the enemy he tries to get us to look at darkness, look at all this darkness and this stuff, you know. Things that are real, really happening, you know. <clears throat> but where darkness does abound, grace and God's light much more abounds. So that's an invitation that every situation which seems or is, has that darkness to it, that God has an answer and a response from the believing ones <clears throat> that we can let him lead us in that will provide the answer and the light that's needed. And then when there's the corporate agreement where two or three, you know, then you start talking about shifting whole areas to the proportion that you have that agreement. You know what I mean? So, uh, a nation, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, you know, the God can change a nation. Mm. But that, in, that involves the preaching of the gospel, the, the, the living out by his body of what that looks like. So it can be proclaimed powerfully and that it's not just wispy stuff that has no application, but that actually they see it in shoe leather, right? And then you get more people in agreement and then a nation can change. You know, so that's... <clears throat> but um, that... when Because we were talking about dominion, right? It's God's dominion. It's God's reign. So we... You know, we establish that, first of all, that he's the one ruling and reigning. And he didn't... Just because certain things are happening on the earth doesn't mean he's not ruling and reigning on his throne. You know what I'm saying? But on earth is a territory. And, and Adam and Eve were given that dominion. Dominion has to do, like we talked about last time, of a king having... The, the, the dominion and reign over a, a territory. And so earth, he gave that to Adam and Eve, and he said, you have dominion, subdue what is not in alignment with that, right? So, but the key to this, you know, it sounds, you know, because the body of Christ at large needs to get this, right? I mean, we don't see it. and And that's what, the world needs. I mean, if we want to disciple nations, you know, that, that's what needs to happen. That, that provides the, 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 the gates of hell cannot prevail. Reality, you know, when there's that agreement and, and that. Um, so, but I was just reminded of that seed in the earth, you know, and, and people think, okay, if I shout louder, you know, or if I mentally agree, Yes, so so be it. But, okay, how do you experience that type of not by might nor by power, but by my spirit? So we can call it the anointing coming out and through us. How do we, you know, is it just a matter of, okay, picking a scripture? There it is. Do we agree? Yeah, we agree. Okay, but how far has that gone into the soil of our heart? You know what I mean? To change the way we think. So when we're in a difficult situation, we default to God's truth, the way he thinks. Or do we have to go through a battle of convincing ourselves first? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
And then, you know, this is the journey, but, but the standard, the reality is there is nothing inside you or me or any believer that is separate, separate from the truth, the answer, the manifestation, God himself. There's nothing, there's nothing in us a born-again believer I'm talking about. There's nothing inside a born-again believer that isn't compatible with total Christ reigning through us and everything we do being led in victory. There is no sin. There is no... It's not the nature of a born-again believer to, to experience any sin or break, it, these are external things to be tempted and to go off. That, that's an external force to you and me because, because we are, he was joined to the Lord as one spirit with him. And, and that's, that's all there is. So in this world, you have tribulation. In this world, there are forces. This is the spiritual warfare aspect, right? There's an enemy who wants to keep us from walking in the authority of God on earth because he's lost. Well, he's already lost. He knows it, but he doesn't want you to know it. <laughs> like, yes, okay, and Christ, the victor. Okay, but what that means is that in any situation where there is darkness, where there is a, 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 not the way God intended, there's restoration, there's healing, spirit, soul, and body. There is, there is reconciliation, and we are the instruments in the body of Christ to bring it. And so you, in a situation, you are that, you are the body of Christ. You are, when the enemy looks and you're just allowing Christ to lead, all he sees is Jesus, and he'll run the other way. But he knows if we know, <laughs> or if it's just words, you know. What I'm saying so. So, how do we get from point A? Okay, this is the truth. I see it in the Bible. Here's the dominion of Christ. Here's the, and and this is the promise, the manifestation. This is what needs to change in my life over there in this situation in this nation. And the, 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 the okay, the seed must go into the soil and cease to exist how it was existing. So, so, so we are baptized into Christ and we're a new creation that never existed before, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. A new species, a new... But then, why don't we see the fullness of that. So that's what I'm talking about. The, 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 from here to here, what is it? It is the living according to that crucified life. Where we, Father, you're my source. You're my daily bread. You are the, your exhale is my inhale. And that's the way Jesus lived. He said, I don't do anything but what my Father. So everything he did was, said the words that I speak. I don't speak on my own authority. but So it's not that he's saying it louder or more mentally convincingly. or But it's like in his heart, he, was, he turned himself in. He was fully yielded. He was fully 
placed his life on the altar, like it says in Romans 12, you know, may, may your very life be that living sacrifice and then be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what's that? That means my life on the altar, here it is, that seed into the ground, into the soil, ceasing to exist in the way it was existed. What does that mean? That means ungodly, worldly passions. They, there's no flesh. There's no, we've, we've died. And we've, we've, we've taken the knife to ourselves and entered into the cross. Jesus was our substitution. He took our place, so that, but we identify with him. And, we, <clears throat> and so then uh, the blood of Jesus over us makes it so that uh, we and we can live according to that or not. You, you know what I mean? It's like it's, Jesus showed us, he did it, but it's then we can be born of the Spirit and still defer to the old nature. But that's the that's um, warring against ourselves, right? And so, but but Jesus shows us the better way. Our advocate, our defense lawyer, our the Holy Spirit. He says, "Listen to me, hey." Can I have your attention? You know, he says, in the courtroom, I mean, this whole earthly experience is a battlefield. Spiritual warfare has to do with what we allow into our thought life, into our, what defines our own perception of ourselves, our identity, and all of that. And the enemy sees what God has done. We're shining in our spirit. We're, we're born again. We're united with Christ. But the enemy wants to keep us from the reality of living that out. So that's what this is about. So it, it's established, but the war is that he injects these other thoughts, these other perceptions. And, you know, every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, the true, the truth, the knowledge that who we are, what Christ did, his blood, there is nothing in you to fail at anything. Sounds like God. Well, we're created in his image. The blood of Jesus is enough. Not by my normal power, by my spirit. Okay, that's the found. We got that, right? Now can we talk about application (laughs) instead of going back to the foundation all the time? You know what I'm saying? You see, that's what happens a lot, you know. Paul said, let us, faith toward God, now let us go on to the nuts and bolts of experiencing that, living that out. The rubber meets the road. Road. When people see you, they're going to see Jesus, and that's all they're going to remember. When the enemy looks your way, he's going to opt out and find an easier target because you know who you are. You don't need to be told again. And you've established that you're going to live accordingly. Not because it's a religious duty, but because you love Jesus. So his yoke is easy and his burden is light because we love him. And we want to do the things that please him. But he's the kind of God who gets down and washes feet. So it's not a totalitarian regime sitting on top of your head, right? It is the loving creator of the universe who wants to lift us up because we're family, created in his very likeness and image to rule and reign with him. So this is 
So it sounds amazing. There's nothing in you to fail. There's no limitation heaven has put with on you. Uh, with on you, he, God is not limiting you in any way to do good, to to be the breakthrough that somebody needs Christ in you, to have the wisdom to what to say, what to do, the boldness to step out and speak and do whatever Heavenly Father. It's like we need to stop thinking differently than who we are and what Christ has done within us. So, so Christ, what Christ has done that's established, we're born united to Him, Spirit, but now the working of that out, the uh, the, uh, the making decisions accordingly from that truth is what this is all about. And the way it happens, this is it. It's the crucified life. It's the submitting to the authority of God that God can actually tell us what to do. Imagine that. You know, if we lived in that place where we acknowledge Him in all our ways and say, you are the God of this situation. Every situation at every moment that I find myself in, you are the God of that. And if it's his, guess what? He's he's gonna work with that and and make it the way it needs to be by his power. Because it's no longer our power, but it's Christ in us because we've given it to him. Everything. And so if we've if any part of our life, anything, if if it's his, because we've given it to him, that opens the door for him to rule and reign and establish whatever he wants to do in that situation. So that that's the the thing. There's that positional. Christ has done it, but that that uh, crucified life, that that seed in the ground dying, and then and then that's what Paul was describing in Philippians three. And then there's the resurrection life that we live as a result. And, and he always leads in victory because he's leading and we're not, <laughs> you know. And then we begin to experience the, the intimacies that he has relationally. And, and so it's far from a religion, but it's that relationship. And the dominion of God himself begins to be established as you lay hands, as you pray for that person, as you help that person as you say the word that really unlocks somebody's heart because the Holy Spirit was leading you because you didn't respond from the mentor you 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 deferred you God is in the equation and you spoke what he was leading you to speak see all of this where that's this is the release of the dominion of God so it's it's that um, yieldedness that's what the centurion saw you're under authority you're being led i see that and i'm also a man under authority and so you know so that's that's the uh, authority we submit to and yield to and so then becomes the authority that we carry that we're being led by it's not us actually but and so it's the more it's it's the anointed one who is anointed, and so we're anointed because we're in him, and, and he just goes before us, you know? And, and so that's that's the how to get from the point A to point B, is, is that yieldedness and, and, and letting him lead. And so this, that's the cornerstone of all this, you know, that we're, we're looking at here, as far as the dominion and establishing what God wants to establish. 
And we talked about last time that, you know, how the word ask there on page... Oops, skip the page. Where it says, whatever you ask, you receive. And we, we talked about how that word is actually... It is a demand placed upon... Based upon the context of what has been established. Like if you look up the meaning of it, that, that's what it is. So, you know... It's, it's too elementary to just, or not elementary, it's too surface level to just say we're demanding God. That's not really what's going on there. What's going on there is a demand is placed on the covenant that God has established with us through the blood of Jesus. And the enemy tries to stop that, so the violent take it by force and shove the enemy out of the way as he tries to stop that. So that's the kingdom of heaven, so it's violence, the violence take it by force. So there is a demand, whatever you ask, Mark 11, 22 to 26, have the faith of God or have faith in God, some translations say. Most translations say like that. So, but whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So that is a demand placed on the covenant that God has established. So it's, it's basically, it's locking on to what God has said and yes, we, we, we place a demand on that, but we're not demanding God. It was his idea. We're just um, saying, yes, I agree with you, God, and I'm not moving from what you have established and what you want to do in this situation because your will was already made known. So we're placing that demand on the, uh, what God has established. And so, yeah, so the enemy tries to fight it. So that, that's how the, the demand comes in. It's, and the violence, the violent take by force, it's because of spiritual warfare. Everything is. The angel coming down to speak to Daniel. There was spiritual warfare going on. The, everything is, is, is a resistance, but the violent take it by force by being violent with the devil. You know, violent in the sense of taking the sword. Well, what's a sword? It's not a back scratcher. We're here, let me, let me tickle you out of the way. A sword is for what? <laughs> Thrusting through or chopping off or... It's violence. So, dominion has to do with aggression in that way also. We cannot coddle the devil. <laughs> Please move. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Please go out. No. He doesn't have to, the only thing he understands is when you take the sword to his throat and you know what you're talking about because you've died. And your life is hid in Christ. So that's God holding that sword of his word to his throat. His words, this double-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Jesus on the white horse, ruling, reigning, dominion, coming back for Armageddon to to cut the enemy down. It is aggressive. So this type of prayer that we're looking at, it's not what most Christians pray. Please... Father, it, it's a disconnect from the aggret, from the placing a demand. When you take your ATM, your bank card to the ATM machine, you put it in there to get, if you want to get something out, to get something out. And if it's not working, you you don't just say, "Oh, I can't get my money out." Mm-hmm. No, you you go and you that that's. You need to make a draw on that and you, you, you'll do what you need to do to get it out. So God has established his body 
and he, we have his precious promises, and we, be, we become partakers of his nature. And, and his nature is when he speaks, it's done. He doesn't try anything. You ever thought about that? God, he doesn't try anything. He just establishes, this is what needs to be done, and he does it. This is what I want to do. And he does it, and it's successful, and it works. So when we acknowledge the Lord and we defer to Him and we're yielded, we've already gone past that beginning point. It's no longer I, it, you know, I lay down my, we're, we, our life is the living sacrifice. And so, Father, take my ear to the door. I want, I love you. I mean, where am I going to go? And you have the, the heart, the power, the ability to transform any situation. So I want to yield and let you lead. And then when we go like that, we're, we begin to be sent instead of just going around. And he always leads in victory. So, it, it, so that's the prayer. The prayer is seeing what God wants to do. What has he said in his word? What has he established? What covenant has he made in his own blood? And what? We're going to let the enemy stop? No, the violent take it by force and thrust the enemy out of the way as we agree with what God has said. But it is a very aggressive, very confident, come boldly before the throne of grace. Why? The blood of Jesus. And, and this is what he has established. So that is the asking or the, the placing a demand on word that is used there. Whatever things you ask when you pray, it's revelation of what God has given it's yielding to, to him and then establishing that by agreement and putting that into action, whatever you know, God is leading to, to establish that. That's dominion. It's God's dominion on earth as it is in heaven through his body. And that's the way it works, right? So it's, it's not just a mental thing, a mental ascent, but it is, it is that we're yielded to him. So we become a vessel we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The body's not redeemed. I mean, the body still, you know, wants to do its own thing. So we, we put it in its place. We don't let it rule us. You know, because we, we're still, we have our earth suit. But as soon as we leave, we won't. That's why we'll feel so unlimited, you know, because the earth suit, it, we walk in a certain dimension which is, there are limiting factors to our body. But Romans 8 says the spirit can even change the body. And, and you know, so obviously. So, but uh, anyway, so that's the type of asking. That's the type of authority that comes from yielding to God's authority that we need to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us as we yield ourselves and so that he can establish what he wants to establish. That's the dominion. In this world, I mean, wherever the enemy rears his head, he has no authority to do that. But where are God's people who understand and take the sword to the enemy and clear him out? And, you know, so that's the agreement where two or three agree, it shall be done. So, and the more people that get in that agreement, the more even influence in this world that can be. can be had but yeah that's the type of asking it's talking about there so prayer is not the prayer of faith is not what most uh, 
people are praying. You know, it's but because the prayer of faith is agreement with the covenant, and and it's 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 aggressive. It doesn't need to be long. It doesn't need to, be, but it but it we need to understand the force and the the bond of the blood of Jesus that holds all that together. You know what I'm saying? And so it's not a a weak um, thing. It's it's you know the blood of Jesus is uh, establishing that. So I just want to see kind of where where we, were, where we left off as well. Um, yeah. So the Holy Spirit is there. You know, all those words used to translate, like if you read in the Amplified, you'll see all these other uh, names, I mean, descriptions of the Holy Spirit in John 14. So we're on page 3. John 14, 15, it says, Lovingly empowers you to obey my commands, and I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. Okay, so the Passion Translation actually translates as Savior, because this is the result one like me. Jesus was the Savior. So one like me. So it's, 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 but, you know, the translation includes all of these things, like the, the defense attorney, the helper, the advocate, counselor, comforter, encourager, intercessor, or helper. Because, but the result is the same, because the Holy Spirit knows the covenant. The Holy Spirit knows what God has established, because he's God, right? He, he the Holy Spirit knows Dude, this is the outcome you want, so you need to do it this way. You don't have another way to do it. I am the way. Jesus said, abide in me. Yield, let me lead. Put your life as a living sacrifice so I can lead you. And then I'm going to be your defense attorney. And I'm going to remind you, this is how you need to think about this. This is how you need, this is what your thought process should be the thought process of your Heavenly Father who creates the universe when He speaks. We are also creative spirits created in the image of our Father. When we speak, there is... That's why every idle word shall be judged because Jesus said that, you know, there's power in what we are... comes out of our mouth, you know? And, and it's like every idle word could have been something else. That's why every idle word will be judged. But it's the type of judgment where... This is what could have been. You know? God's will could have established this if you would have agreed with Him and, and spoke what He was saying that He was trying to put in your heart, but there was all this other focuses that you had so you couldn't, didn't really have ears to hear in that situation. Right? And we're, you know, look, if we, if our heart stopped right now and we all went to heaven and you the first thing that happens is you, you get this flash of the review of your life, you know, Jesus, you know, and then it's like, we see what could have been. And that's, that's the judgment, not for hell and all that for a believer, but we will see that flash. And in that flash, every moment of everything, and also what was written in the books that God has established that we were to do, and what we actually did, the two will be overlaid on top of each other and we'll see the discrepancies. Not for... You're going to go to hell now, but so we understand the power of God and what he made available and what, what all the other stuff, it wasn't his fault. You know what I'm saying? He puts the power in our hands to choose life. 
and to choose to partner with God by yielding to Him to allow what He has ordained to be established in our own life and in the lives of those around us and then going out and getting agreement with others and taking it further. So, so that's the, so the Holy Spirit, He's all these things to us to help us work out that which God has put within, which is our true nature, our true united to Christ, God Himself, and what can be, what is written that will be if we partner with Him, if we allow Him to lead. So the Holy Spirit is the one who's here with us to lead us into that practical outworking of the unlimited power of God and heart of God to establish, you know, that which is uh, good and transformative and, and, and all that. So the secret really is that crucified life. The secret really is that grain of wheat going into the ground and ending life as it knew it because now it's taking on the life of what God has put within, inside, the spirit, you know, in this case. And, and you know, so that's... So, and then prayer becomes that recognition of the covenant, what God has done, and then we place a demand on that by making a withdrawal, so to speak, <laughs> right? We're making a withdrawal on what is there. It's not up for discussion. God has established it. You know what I mean? And that becomes our way of thinking because the Holy Spirit is leading us into that way of thinking because we defer to Him. And it's... And it, so it just becomes a habit of that yieldedness to the Holy Spirit, that yieldedness and seeking out his counsel and everything so that he can lead us into the step-by-step into the manifestation. And whether it takes, it's something that is instantaneous or whether it's something that takes longer, but we don't, we don't back off what God has said and what he has. But it's not just like a, gee, I sure hope so, mental thing. It is, you're there with it, God. He's telling you through his word and spirit, and you're reminded by the Holy Spirit that this is the reality. So don't don't give up your inheritance and don't give up, you know, somebody else is depending on you. So it's not just for us, but living this out will draw all people to him. And so it's, so living this kind of dominion life, victorious life, this Holy Spirit-led life, it's not just for our benefit. We do benefit, <laughs> obviously. But the reverberations go way beyond us because everybody influences somebody and that somebody influences four other somebodies and each of those four somebodies multiplying factors, not addition, but multiplication. Okay. So, um, so that's the, the how-to. Um, so there's that aspect, you know... Well, right there. I think it's right there, isn't it? Yeah. Let's not. Let's go back to that. Mark eleven twenty two. The verse which nobody reads after the the good, the quote good stuff, right? Verse twenty five. Right at, right after Jesus said, "Whatever you ask, you know, you'll receive it." And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your father, so that your father, that your father in heaven may also forgive you <laughs> your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So you see, this is yieldedness. This is not just speaking with a mental and trying to force a situation. This is the authority that comes from 
being transformed by the Word of God, being transformed by the Spirit of God because we're yielding. And we're letting Him transform the way we do things, the way we say things, our reactions in situations. We acknowledge Him and we let Him. This is much deeper than just mentally agreeing with something, which no, is... Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, if you look at that, what is that part there, the bottom says, forgiveness reveals we're keeping our end of the covenant. Yes. Forgiving as we are forgiven and removes areas that the demonic can grab exactly. onto and run yeah. interference in our life. Yes. I love this part here, uh, if you allow me to yeah. share this. Yeah. All must be turned over to God. Jesus said to the enemy, the enemy has no flesh hook in him. Yeah, he has nothing in me. But yeah. if but if you look in it, that's what it that, translates into. Yeah, perfect. And, and why I'm, uh, uh, why I like this definition, flesh hook in him. Nothing said you could grab onto to cause a hindrance. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was I'm also reminded when I see this uh, that friend of mine, Lawrence, we uh-huh. went, once went on this ministry thing, and he had this tool there, which is like a piece of wood with a nail in it. Okay, and he tells the story of a hut. Imagine your, your life, not your body. So you've given this heart to somebody. So somebody is now bought this heart and everything, but this person left this nail there. And the guys, the deal is, I, you can have the heart, but I only want that nail on that pole in the middle of the heart. That's all I want. That's the only thing I want, because it's sentimental, it's you know, important. That's all I want. So the guy then leaves, and you know it's your hut now, and everything is lacquer, so you have a good life, and everything is on. Then the guy who used to own the hut comes back over, and he comes and visits you, and he hangs uh, uh, his hat on there. And as he leaves, the guy, you go, oh no, wait, yes, your hat. He says, oh no, don't worry, that's my hook, my hat. I just want to leave it there. And then he goes away, and a couple of months later, he comes back again, he comes to visit you, and you let him in, he visits you, and and uh, just before he leaves, he hangs a piece of raw meat on this hook <laughs> by the head. And, um, and then he wants to leave. He says, no, but wait, you, you're leaving your raw meat, take it with you. He says, no, no, that's, remember, that's my hook. Yeah. It's my hook. And then as he leaves, you know, you can imagine this raw meat months later is like rotten. And it's now ruined the whole hut. It destroys the whole hut. Mm. And it becomes infested. It, you know, I don't know if you know, but like, you know, flies and yeah, yeah. worms yes, and everything. <laughs> yeah, it really gets gory. Okay, and and this, in essence, was is what happens when you don't follow the unction and leaders of the Holy Spirit to get you to the point of being forgiven, holy, delivered, set free, uh, uh, salvation. The words, mm-hmm. which is complete, nothing like in other words, surrendering all of these things continuously working on it with the Holy Spirit to get to this point because it's not a work thing. It is about being It's working out. Yeah, God has done. <laughs> Getting rid of that that nail and taking it out and say, no more. Yeah. This is my heart. This nail doesn't belong here outside. Yeah. Not allowing that visit to come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I love this definition, this description here, yeah, mm. of uh, uh, a flesh hook. Yeah. A flesh hook. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so because it's really anything which is not the way the Holy Spirit is leading us to do it is an opportunity or a nail for the, for the enemy to come and hang his hat on. 
or to influence and start pulling us on. So that's what this is. This is, you know, imagine if we cooperated with God at all times, in all things, and everything we would do would be filled with His very presence because it's not just in word, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power, which belongs to God. So when He moves in because we obey and we yield and we allow Him to be God because He's God and we're not. That was the tree in the garden. And He's good. And He's good. And it will lead to absolute freedom. Freedom. And He's not that to tell it, like I said, the the, the bad dude's leadership. He's He washes feet. He's everything good, perfect, and lovely. And so that's what He's bringing us into. Um, so then... Um, Yeah, the mind of that, as you said last time, I think, is making Jesus Christ the Lord mm. of your life. Yeah. And, and we miss this picture because, you know, we are joint labors with God. All of those things are true, but it's not a democracy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a yeah. democracy. You, you, you surrender to Lord Jesus Christ, and He has got full dominion over you. But the thing is that seed too, it doesn't almost die. It must die to produce the fruit. Absolutely. So it's it's like, you know, if you look at any revival that's ever taken place, there were some common things. And one was repentance, deep, yeah. deep, yeah. turning away. Yes, because they're seeking the more and they're they're becoming whatever, they've realized it's it, which is a work it's a work of the spirit. Because he draws, you know. But there is repentance, which is a turning away. That's why the best way to cast out demonic influences and demons and, and, and stuff, because it's not all possession, which actually isn't used there. It's, it's demonized. But, but, but there's different levels. In, of a, I mean, we spoke through Peter and all this stuff. So <clears throat> the best way to, to cast out devils is to proclaim the gospel in terms of what a person would need to do to experience God. Absolutely. Repentance, coming to Jesus, removing Absolutely. these flesh hooks, putting yourself on the altar so that God can these come in, all the pieces of the watch so it can work well. So the best way to cast out demons is to proclaim the truth yes. to people and so that, and if they respond, there's no more nails to hang the hat on. Yeah. And so the enemy automatically, and sometimes he'll just, the enemy will leave. Yes, will leave. Is, is he going to phone when he's at the yeah, gate? Yeah, okay. sure. The enemy will opt out when he sees where it's going. Wait, this pure gospel is being proclaimed. This person's heart is changing and receiving. Let me opt out now before they tell me to go and not come back mm-hmm. because then it's even worse for the demon. And so sometimes they'll just opt out. But it's, it's his love is so yeah, but, but powerful. That's, that is the, 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 the word preaching there gets paid. It's yes. actually, so sometimes it's like proclaiming, but it's a demonstration. And it's articulating that, and if necessary, use words. You know what I mean? It's, it's so like, beautiful. Yeah. I, mean, I was amazed at <clears throat> how small, simple thing of just sharing someone's love. Because you, because you know what it is like, even when we want to share the gospel with people and we're trying to think of how to, it's helping them see their value and, and helping them understand how much God values them. They have books. We all have books written about it. Psalm 139, right? Every day it says we, it was recorded in the book and, and all of these things. And so everybody, whether saved or not, they have a book. God, the blood of Jesus, 
determined their value too, because it, it was for the whole world, for the sins of everybody, that it, all inclusive. And so it's like, so when somebody is valuing somebody else and expresses that, you know, and so even when we share to an number, you know, you're so valuable. There's such a destiny that God has written in your books. And because that's what every, that's the missing ingredient in people's lives is that value, that thing. And so when that's expressed, and that's what love is too. Love is the ultimate, you know, expression of that and back and forth. And so, so true love, true value, true thankfulness. And, and that can be expressed in situations where people deserve it or not in terms of what they've done. You know, because the value doesn't diminish based upon the apple tree is always an apple tree, even if it never produced apples. It's still valuable and, and the potential, you, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? So it's like, so value can always be expressed towards somebody and, and, and that's the love of God. And that's what all this is. When we talk about, you know, this, even this topic, dominion and all this, it's, it's in, it's the partaking of the divine nature, who God who is love, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine if we lived out according to that divine nature, it would look like love. Mm-hmm. It would be speaking those words that affirm that value and thankfulness and, and all of that. And if we all, if everybody in the world lived that way, you know, that's heaven. You know, so it's like, that's the way God created us to. And if you want to love, it's easier to love. Say again? To, to love, the actual action of loving someone mm. is easier than hating someone. Well, yeah, because God is... Because he made us that way. Yeah, yeah, that's flowing with God versus... So, but it's, it's the, so that's it. The, the seed taking on that new creation manifest. That's what it is. It's, it's walking according to the divine nature of who we are, who God has made us to be. And all coming into alignment, the gathering together in Christ of all things. And as we don't put limitations on God by, through unyieldedness, but we actually present our life on that altar of living sacrifice then there's no limits to the restoration to the to the power love authority presence of god that will come through whether we say many words or few you know because it's going to be something more god himself who's just overtakes the situation you know and the person and so the few words that are shared are going to be like the, as the Proverbs say, like the apples of gold on the plates of silver or something like that. You know, it's going to be just what's needed. And not more and not less. It's just going to be that meet and do season. It's going to be that word fitly spoken. Not more than a person can take or... Not that it wouldn't be true to add A, B, C, D, E, but he only needs A right now. And if you give him B, C, D, E, it'll be too much. Right? So you, the Holy Spirit leads to say A. It's almost like overwatering a plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> too, can be too much of a good thing. Like, you know what I mean? So that's that's the way Jesus does with us. He gives us exactly the next point, um, but it's that yielded heart that that allows us to take that next step, and then He reveals the next step. Okay, you've done. Now let's go the next step, and let you know. So it's uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, just substitute when you see First Corinthians 13, every time it says love, just put God in there. You know? God is patient, kind, He because it's just an interest, it's true. First John 4 says God is love, and so it's like, that's who God is. Oh, you know, it's just like. Uh,
in fact, that's what that's why the next section was about the body of Christ because it's it's about recognizing that value in others. That's what the that's the body of Christ. Judas didn't discern the body of Christ, the value. Uh, you know, Ananias and Sapphira they didn't discern that value. They thought they could just lie to the Holy Spirit at the expense of so they misrepresenting God. So everything we do is it's not just about us, but it affects other people. And so that was the point of recognizing, discerning the body. And when we partake of communion, it is, that is the other part of love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So the, the two, you know, and what you've done to the least, you've done to me, that understanding the body of Christ is really, so that respect, that value goes out to each member. And it, that, that, it's what Jesus, being led by compassion, compelled by the passion, compassion, compelled by the passion of God to restore what was lost in somebody's life. From where, from whence they, they, like back to the Adam and Eve, the original relationship that, and, and the power and dominion that they had and, and, and all of that. So that's what that, um, you know, when we recognize the body, we discern the body, we discern the value of others, we discern that every person um, we can extend that value to them no matter what where they're at at the at the time because that's what God does with us so we love as we are loved and we forgive as we are forgiven and we give that value as we were given value you know what I mean and you can that's what empowers us to look at the most whatever type of person that you would want to run away from on the street or whatever but it, it compels you to do what Jesus would want you to do, you know, because it's because they really do have value. It's not just a nice doctrine. <laughs> it, 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 it's the way the angels of God treat them, constantly trying to, to turn them to repentance if that's their case or, or whatever, because the books don't change. The books God's written them, their destiny is still good. You know, so so then we 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 treat people accordingly and try to help people to to get that as well. Can you make a comment on that, like flesh? Like I was just thinking, yeah. so how do they take what happens in the flesh? Flesh is not a spirit of it's flesh. Yeah. And where do you sin? You sin with your flesh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like that the enemy uses that the yeah. natural, the flesh. Yeah. To get his hook mm-hmm. in, you know, and it's almost an agreement actually that you have with them. Sometimes mm-hmm. unknowingly. Yeah, yeah you're cooperative. And that's that, that whole thing of what yeah. the, 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 you know, the yeah. root piece with the mm-hmm. nail, nail in. Yeah. You said yes, you can yeah. do it there, it's fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we give permission for that. Mm-hmm. So we what we allow, we what we sow, we reap. God is not mocked, yeah. you know? And so that's the whole idea of coming out from being separate and putting our life on the altar. It's for our benefit. Mm-hmm. Just like that tree in the Garden of Eden was for the benefit of Adam and Eve. I'm God, you're not. You're so much like me that I need to remind you that you still need to, like, let me lead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even us free will, so we, yeah. so we make that choice to have yes. that flesh hook. Yes. You know, it's actually our, it's, and that's why you say at the end, God can say, look, it wasn't me. Right. You know, it was a, a decision. Exactly. So any bad in the world, it's not God's fault. And no one will ever be able to say otherwise to him. God, why didn't you? He's going to Why didn't you? Mm-hmm. That's why I put down the flesh. Like, yeah. 
know, um, fasting and praying is, mm. you know? Yeah, it's to get that under control. He's, he's yeah, he's and to flesh. take away those those focuses to make sure that, yeah, only God has access. Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission. If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website.